game chinwag <laughs> uh, we're laughing because we've been talking about board games for 10 minutes and we haven't started the show so uh it's a smaller crew we got, we got, we got shane dave and helen how are you everyone uh, hi fan- good i'm fantastic right. thanks hello, hello all right well continue on shane <laughs> so long story short we end up playing beer and bread um, which is, I don't, don't even ask me who it's by, or it's a new game out and um, fantastic two-player game. It's uh, it's all about making beer and bread, that simple. You are in charge of two farms and you're harvesting the resources to make beer or bread and it's played over six rounds. Um, you've got five cards The when you're in a fruitful harvest, so you're in a plentiful year. You're actually exchanging cards, so you'll play a card. So you'll either play a, play a card for resources, you'll build beer or bread, or you'll tuck a card for game-breaking rules. So one card has three different actions right, you can I take. I like it already. Right, yeah, yep. it's good. And and then so, but as soon as you've done that action, you've then got to hand your four cards. So you're trying to, you know, what combos can I build out of this in, in my hand? And then once the second player's taken their go, you hand cards over and you take theirs. So potentially you may not get that card back. So right. It's like a draft, but you you play as the draft goes on. Like, you play as you're going. So you then know. you'll go, okay, and now I've got a whole new set of four cards. What I'm going to do, I'm going to play for resources and I'm going to you know, uh, try and build beer and bread, which you can't really do the first couple of cards that it go through. Um, but the other the other mechanism is when you're building resources, when you lay down a card, if you've you know already put down a water and hops, for example, and then you put down another card that has water and wheat, you get two water and one wheat. So it actually chains off all your resources. But yeah. then you also have a limited supply of resources that you can hold as well. So you can only only hold nine resources. However, there's game-breaking cards you can tuck that give you extra spaces for resources as well. It just is fantastic for, as a two-player game. Um, Lauren really liked it, so I think I put on my Facebook page trying to recruit Lauren into the board game hobby. It's been, you know, it's like a mission, mm. and uh, we played it, and she said, I actually like this one. This is really good. It reminded her of Lords of Waterdeep because you're building... You know, you're placing things out to build cards. and yeah, right. um, uh, But then what happens too is then in the dry years, so anything you've picked, anything you've uh, placed down for resources, you pick those cards up and then you top your deck back up to five, top your hand back up to five. But then in the dry year, you don't swap cards. So you, uh, you're playing with your five cards only. Mm. Um, so it's a little bit different, but also, also too, your... Um, your resources are almost less. They're a lot less than what they are in a fruitful year. So, you know, thematics is there. Makes sense. Um, At the end of the game too, though, the scoring is different. So you count up all the beers that you've made and sold, all the bread that you've sold have a certain amount of points. So the the harder bread and the harder beer to brew is worth 
you know, more points at the end of the game. But then you have also to, in your game-breaking rules, extra points that you can have. But the end game score is based on your lowest score of either beer or bread. Right. Whatever the lowest of those two is going to be, you know, who, who's going to win the game. So potentially you could have a belter of a, a beer, you know, brewing session and selling and have a really, really poor bread. And uh, that other person might have a, a poor a poor lower score as well, but they may beat you by one or two on yeah, the lower yeah, score. Right. So really good game. Um, Lauren liked it a lot. Uh, I then... That's high phrase. It's still set up. <laughs> it's actually still set up because she said, I want to play it again. Nice. Max came out and played it. And Max is like a, a super brain when it comes to these games. It took me about 10 minutes just to go through the rules with him. And he said, yep, got it, Dad. And uh, he did really well. Like he has these big combinations coming out. He said, I'm going to do this, this, this. And it just had this chain that it happened. And then and then the cards that you tuck, you can stack the cards that you're tucking as well. So you can have multiple rule breakers all under one. Yeah, right. And um, he had this one one rule where when he clears his beer and he sells his beer and bread, it gets him all these resources for free. So he was pretty much getting one of every resource every time he sold on beer or bread. It was just brilliant. So beer and bread, great game. Nice. Really good game. Tell you, I played a uh, interesting game yesterday for family game night, um, which is a game I played a heap, but I love. It's which is Dice Throne. Uh, but I played it a way that I've never played it before. So I play, the usual 1v1 is the standard way to play. And I've also played a five-player game where it's you basically roll a dice and that determines who you're attacking. It's all for one kind of deal. But last night we played a 2v2 game and it turns a game into a super tactical game. It's it It felt like a different game. It didn't feel like Dice Throne. And the only downside I would say is that does you are kind of waiting for your turn a little bit uh, while someone else has their turn because like say for example Helen and I were on the same team against Raf and Seb so I'd play then Raf would play then Helen would play then Seb would play and then it'd go like that they just go around like that so unless you're being attacked you're kind of not doing anything for a while which is the only downside but oh there's actually one other downside but what um, I'll get to in a second but the good thing is is it's like you as a team, you've got 50 health, so you don't have 50 health each. So, and you get to choose who you are attacking in in the attacking phase. So we were playing against, was the Marvel set, so that we were playing against Loki and, and Miles Morales. And Loki's got this amazing thing when you attack him, if he's got this, I can't remember what it's called, but if he's got his special ability, instead of hitting him, he p- puts out three cards and you've got to choose one of those three cards. One's a success, one's a fail, and one's a partial success. So the idea is Loki, there's three Lokis, you know, like because mm. that's what Loki does, which is pretty cool. But because in this game you get to choose who you're attacking, every time Seb was playing Loki, every time he had that special ability, we just attacked Raph because why would you take the chance? So it weak, it really weakened his character, which was interesting because I, I, I that, that's the other negative, I guess, is that if you've got a, a character who's super strong on defense, then you're just going to get ignored and you, you, your, your opponent, your, your teammates just going to take it all um, with their weaker defense. But um, aside of that, though, 
the actual gameplay itself was much more like, okay, well, because you can you can talk to your teammate, you can show each other your hand of cards. So it really became a thing with Helen and I were like, all right, well, let's save up all of our wilds and all that sort of business so that we can do like, we can roll five sixes. Um, but even if we don't roll any, you know, like I'll turn one, you've got this and we'll do that. And we'll do that. So you're kind of building towards these combos, almost like a, like an engine because you're working together and you're going to be able to do it because you've both got combat points to spend on cards and, and whatever else. So it just started feeling like this almost Euro-esque game where we're not even worried about what happens now. We're planning for what's going to happen in the later stage of the game. It's just really different. Um, it wasn't that just bang, smash, smash, smash sort of game that it usually is. Um, so it was interesting. I don't know whether I like, I think I still like Dice Throne better 1v1, but I certainly would play the 2v2 version again, especially for people who've played a lot of Dice Throne and haven't tried that out because it was, it just became super interesting. But I think that the downsides that I spoke about could easily be negated by just being a bit more thoughtful around the characters that get chosen. So like, I don't know how much you guys know about Dice Throne, but there's a character called the, um, oh, it's the Zen guy. Um, the monk. The monk, yeah. And he create, he builds up a, an accumulation of Zen, or she, of, of she, sorry. Yeah. And then he can spend she to negate damage. So that's not a good pl- That's not a good one to have in this game because it's too strong of a defense, therefore we never get attacked. Um, so it was just, it was just interesting to like, if you, you have to find four more balanced characters, but I reckon it'd be an absolute awesome time and game went for a lot longer, but it was a lot more thinky than a usual, just Yahtzee style fight them up, beat them up game. So yeah, that was very interesting. Plus you have four people in your house, right? We have five, but Heidi was at work. So it was just the four of us. Yeah. So Mm. worked out perfect. I found the same thing with unmatched that. Some of the sets that you can play up to four if you've got an extra few blocks mm. that you can play that as well. And 1v1, it's a quite a fun bash them up, a little bit of tactics game. But if you add the team element in, and it doesn't matter what your characters are, it's often much more tactical and strategic. Mm. But I think with Unmatched, it gives you that, well, it, the board positioning means you sort of know what you're going to hit and how you're going to hit. You don't just get to go, well, I'm going to not attack you because you're strong, attack the other one. Yeah, you've got to, right. You've got to position it and you've got to target it. So. But, I mean, it changes the game completely from a one-on-one, quick, muck-around fun game where you either roll and dice or whatever to mm. it's an actual tactical strategy game where you've got to work as a team to beat the other team. Yeah, and, and, and like, it was still... The thing I love about Dice Throne is I don't understand how it happens, but every time is it's a close game. And it happened again, like, Helen and I got off to a big lead and we won the game with one health left. And the only reason it wasn't a tie was because Raphael, this is such a, like, we felt like absolute terrible parents for doing this. But um, in Raphael's defensive role, if he got one of one side of his dice, he inflicted a damage on us in his defense. So we've smashed him. They've gone to zero, but he still gets his defensive role. He rolled two, which took us from two health to zero. But Helen had a card and some combat points left to say, you get to re-roll one of your dice. So he, she made him re-roll a die and then he didn't get that symbol again. So we survived with one health. But I mean, how good's that? Like we two like my two kids, a nine and a 12-year-old, nine, 13-year-old playing against two adults. 
they were doing the same thing. They were working out how they can best attack mm. us and all that sort of stuff. And, and fi- to finish with a game where you start with 50 health and someone wins with one health left. Yeah. It just, I don't know how it does it. It just always does it. It is good. I've got to play it a bit more because I've only ever played it once and I own the game. Uh, and that mm. was with you, DG, when I played it at your house once and I really enjoyed it. Um, so I, because I, it, it reminds me, I think the boys would like it because it reminds me a bit of King of Tokyo. Where you yeah, just constantly sure. attack each other, um, yeah. and I know that's their favourite game. So mm. I'll have to get it out and give it another go. And there's a guy in the North Brisbane group, Jace, and he runs <laughs> a competitive league around mm. Brisbane, um, and he's always with the players. I think there's a there's one coming up sort of next week, like a introductory come and try out competitive dice throwing. Yeah, so it is one of those games that lends itself to a competitive scene if you're really quite keen on it. Um, mm. Except for the dice rolling elements, limited luck. Like you can you can stack your deck, you can work out what you want to do, you can pick the right character, but it all comes down to that battle yassi aspect of it. Yeah. You gotta get the dice rolls. That's right, it's, it's only first of April, isn't it, that one? So I need it's I, funny, I need, to get, I I need to get one. Maybe that's probably where I need to go to to relearn it all and then be able to teach it to the boys. So It's funny though, Dave, because it's while it can be that too, it is also just a, a crazy stupid laugh if you want it to be as well like you could it, it really depends on how serious you want to make it uh because i remember jace got in contact with me because we we're running a game day once and i jokingly said that we're going to have the un- unofficial official the unofficial official dice throne world championships of australia um it was just a stupid title i made up because it sounded ridiculous and he like reached out to me going oh so what's the story what are the prizes like and i'm like and, and I'm like, oh, no, it's just like, I don't think you understand. I'm not trying to do that. It's, it's like a, a joking way to say, hey, come and have fun, do this. So, but, yeah, like he was he, – he, he runs he a loves it. Like yeah, he, yeah. there is prizes and there is competitiveness. Mm. Yeah, anyway, that's um, that's something I've been playing lately. It was, um, it was just a real surprise. So, yeah. Well, I've been prepping myself for um, for the board game weekend coming up. So I got Libertalia onto the table twice Ooh. in the last week and a bit, and I love it. Great game. I've actually, I borrowed it from DG and I've um, bought it. So I've got that on its way. That's... But, yeah, it's really good. Have you guys all played it? Yes. Mm. No, Multiple times, love it. You love haven't it. played it, you own it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did actually say, I have to say, when we were playing it the first time, it's like, these cards do not feel played with. This deck feels like it's been shuffled once. All the others feel, felt like they were pristine. Oh, G Money borrowed it and then played it once, then gave it yeah. back to me. Yeah. And now you're borrowing it. That, yeah, that, yeah, that's not an uncommon thing that I own a game that I haven't played yet. That other people have played. <laughs> that other people have played. <laughs> it's certainly a game I've played a handful of times, um, which is rare, uh, and which says how much I enjoy playing it. It's a really good game. But me and G Money actually played a fair bit of the original version. Yeah. When it first came out, like 2012 or 2013 or whatever that was. Yeah. So I had so- a conversation about the original version because apparently it was really crap because there was a mechanism in it. Not that it was really crap. It, there was good elements of it. But there was a mechanism in it where it was color-based. So if you were a certain color, you were always trumped by every other color. So if you happened to be that color, you were going to always come last in the oh, roles. Okay. Whereas yeah. in the um, Stonemaier version, they've actually got a um, a system where you earn the words escaping me, isn't it? Pirate um, words. Pardon? Pirate words. 
pirate words. Doubloons. No. Yeah. no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> I just know that there's yeah. doubloons in the game, so I'm just yeah. saying doubloons because it's a great yeah, word. Best doubloons you'll ever see in a game. Sorry. No, you Sorry, know Alan. what? The quality of your player. What is that called? Why am I not thinking of this? It's um, the main word they all use. It's not victory points. What's I've only one? played it once with uh, Ingrid and Shane, so I don't, and it was a while ago, so I don't remember the the terms, unfortunately. So, yeah, well, anyway, you, you you get, get you draw a yeah you draw a color, and based off where you are in the ranking, yes, you get to play, but you can change oh, yeah. your ranking throughout Correct. the game, which yeah. changes when you what card goes in which order, and then you've got your day ability, and then your, your night ability, dusk, and then your night yeah. abilities. But yeah. yeah, yeah, I find it very enjoyable. It's got all the elements of Stonemaier that I. I love in all the others, and yeah, it's a really. It can game. be really mean too, which is good. Yeah, we uh, we got rid of a lot of sabers because um, <laughs> you can get these um, tokens that are a saber, and that allows you to steal, like basically discard someone else's card from the island before they get to put them on the ship. So it can mm. severely impact their game. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of fun in that too. Yeah, so that's definitely a favourite of the moment for me. Did you were you able to get a copy with the balloons? Yeah, I paid well because I got my stone. I I got the Stone Meyer membership, so <laughs> You've they just had crazy on stone. They Meyer. had the metal. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> They've got the the metal doubloon coins, so I got them with the copy. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, yeah, they are they are good coins. Yeah, Dave has them. They're they're beautiful. I do. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was like because at the end of your round, at the end of each voyage, you have to like tally them up in your treasure chest and return the coins. And he's like, but that's just mean. I want to keep my coins because they're so nice to hold. He's like, I don't want to give up my coins. Like you make them back. We, um, because we're moving the games around because I'm finishing the renos on the house. So I've shifted a shelf around and obviously some games had fallen down behind the shelf, which I didn't know. So you can see from the back now, and the kids came in today, and they're like, oh, can we play this? Can we play this? So they pulled out like four games off the shelf today. So just sitting around the house on the floor because we haven't got a table at the moment. We played uh, Rhino Hero. We played Five Minute Marvel. We played uh, Go Away Monster, which is like a game right game that the you know the little ones could play. It's like a really easy mystery draw out of a bag for three-year-olds kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, they loved it. It's just it, they out of sight, out of mind. And all of a sudden, yeah. they discovered these things again. They're like, oh, yeah, we love games. Let's play games, Dad. So, yeah, we played a bunch uh, of kids' games. Um, but I was just sitting there thinking, I actually played heaps of games. Like, I went to a friend's house that I haven't seen for a little while last night. I went to Josh's house. Um, Did you? And, and I, they asked if we could bring some games. So I brought uh, Royals by oh, Peter yep. Hawes yep. and um, Camelot. So, Classic. again... Both of those games are still in shrink. I'm like, oh, good, sort of half an hour, easy games for non-gamers. Um, punched them both out, played, the, taught them both. Initially, they were all a bit overwhelmed with Royals. It's like, there's what? There's how many cubes and colors and mm. tokens? Mm. I'm like, don't worry about it. It's real easy. And we played one hand and Luke goes, oh, it's like Ticket to Ride. I'm like, <laughs> yep. Oh, <I> know. <laughs> it's Ticket to Ride, but mean. <laughs> Uh, uh, so did, you, did, did you message that to Peter Hawes? He, lo- he loves that. No, he yeah, yeah. <laughs> bit of an in-joke on that one. So I, I did chuckle, but no. So anyway, yeah, they, they all loved it. It was um it was a fairly close game. And then Cam Lutley played a couple of games and they were pretty close as well. So yeah, it was just nice chilling out with some guys I haven't seen for a while. Um, and then the other game I taught to brand new three people this week is 
Teotihuacan. Wow. Oh. Classic game. Yeah. We were just sitting around with nothing Steve else to do on Monday night. Well, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a quandary with that game because they're about to release this new Fandangled version on Kickstarter. Deluxe version, yeah. And I'm so. like, I've got everything and I've upgraded everything. So they better not put like one module in there that's new. Did you see the little screen printed meeples? I don't even know what they're for. Yeah, yeah, I did see them, and I'm like, oh, same deal. No. Like, that'd, that'd have to be for the expansion period. Yeah, uh, I would imagine. But I'm just like, it, like it, I, what I what I'm hoping it's not. Like I hope it's just a, a, a deluxe version, in which case I'll stay away. Because it's like you know when a band puts out a greatest hits album and there's two new songs on there, you're like, oh come on, they're not your greatest hits. No one knows them until now. Like, don't put them on an album so I have to go and buy a whole album for two songs, you bastards. That's what I'm hoping it's not going to be. But anyway, sorry, well, yeah, I, I don't want to steal your thunder. Talk about T.O. all you like. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, we had to punch it out, and there is a lot of tokens in that game. And <laughs> yeah. then trying to set it up with three new people, there's a lot of tokens, just <laughs> little stacks. And, and I'm sort of reading through the two-page setup, and there's like 20 steps. You know, put this stack of tokens here, mm-hmm. and then separate that stack out and put it in these three places on the border, like, Oh man, I forgot how much the setups kind of sucked, but um, everybody loved it. It was just really well thought. Every everybody had a great game. Um, Teo is such a good sort of tactile game with building the pyramid and um, you know, upgrading the dice. And everyone went really hard and upgraded their workers in the first round and got the extra workers. And then spent the whole rest of the game realizing that that's probably not the best thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then locking away their dice and then kicking other people out. Like it was not the sort of game you'd play of T.O. with people that know how to play the game. Mm. Um, yeah, right, yeah. It was very much a three new people exploring the game, but they all loved it. So we're going to play it again tomorrow. It's nice. Who are you playing it with? Uh, be Troy and Luke and another guy. Yeah, classic Monday night fun. Bit nice. of T.O. I have to Shall say, it? Steve, I've been telling everybody that I got Ark Nova from you and that it was already sleeved. And they're like, oh, you should have. You should have paid him extra for that, like from Shane. I think she's yeah, being Shane. Shane. I'm, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Pretty sure I've still got my. Did you, did yeah, you no, drive no. to Emerald? <laughs> I did. Pretty sure it's not sleep. I was bored. I had some time. <laughs> <laughs> so Speaking of Arknova, I saw someone posted up. They're doing final um, beta testing on PGA for Arknova. All yeah, right. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, that's interesting. I. I um, the random random um, side note here. Did you guys have anyone watched the Dice Towers um, latest like top five video they did from Dice Tower West? Not yet. No. Uh, it's worth watching to the end because um, inexplicably, which is something I never thought I Tom Vassell makes a sex joke, um, which is just unusual. But it's about he's talking about how he doesn't like sleevers, and um, and so after like he's talking about groups of people he doesn't like. And then Camilla says, so what, you don't like sleeve? He's like, of course I don't. I've got seven kids. <laughs> and it just sort of you know, trickled through and you're like, oh, wow. A very, very tame joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, he usually keeps it pretty G-rated. I was like, well, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, well, there you go. Sorry. Just mentioned the sleeves that made me think of it. I had a bit of a chuckle when I was Fun watching it yesterday. <laughs> Sorry, um, Shane. No, that's so, right. I, I thought I'd talk about kids. another game that I've been playing. Um and Steve, it is the space base killer. Is this bad company? It is bad company. Mm. I was... almost don't want to play it because I've heard it's a space base killer. 
What does that it mean? Is, is it you wouldn't play Space Base once you've played that? Yes. It, it, it's So Bad Company is similar, you know, to Space Base, similar to Machikaro where, you know, you, you, you start off with you got 12, bat, you know, 12 of your crew. So you're recruiting 12 crew. And those 12 crew are your dice from 1 to 12, for example. And um, and these crew have these special uh, abilities. When you roll them, you trigger an action that they that they do that they give you. Um, and that action then either gives you um, uh, the ability to move around the uh, move around the board. So you've got police chasing you. So yeah, you're moving around this like uh, around these roads, and you've got to stay ahead of the police. And as you're moving around these roads, you're you're picking up goods as well along the way. And or and or you're collecting money, collecting gems, collecting whatever it is to fulfill heists. So you've got these heist cards that you've got to fulfill. And those heist cards are worth victory points at the end of the game. The first person to complete six heists uh, is an endgame trigger. Right. And um, but the, the really cool thing is is that as per space pays, as per Machikari, when you roll the dice, you've got four dice that you roll and you got another another dice that is for the police car that moves the police car chasing you you get to choose to make combinations of pairs so two Mm. pairs so if you're the you're the controller of the dice you can then trigger two lots of cards to help build your heists etc or build gems or build your heist to get your heist and build your heist cards but then also too everyone else around the table gets to choose one pair of those dice cool and trigger as well play goes around next person rolls there's game breaking cards in the game too that enables so i got this one card when we were, i was teaching it for the first time last wednesday night at the the ferret to um uh to two other two other couples uh, another couple that came along lovely people they loved it as well really enjoyed it and um they when i um i had this ability where every time they rolled, I could play a card and I could trigger both their dice instead of only triggering one. Ah, oh, nice. So I ended yeah. up with three of these cards. So it came up to near the, the end of the game. So I was just like, yep, I'm going to take both of those sets. I'm going to then build that card. There's another heist. I didn't trigger the end game. Um, uh, someone else on the table triggered the end game. But I still won. So I, I broke Vassal's rule. Of you know teaching a game, and uh, technically you were teaching it to yourself too, so that's fine. Yeah, we, we were playing; we were all playing it for the first time. Yeah, um, but it was such fun. Like some of the combos, like if you can imagine, you know, some of the really good combo tastic moves you can do in Hadrian's Wall, where you go, I do that, and I go triggers that, triggers that, triggers that, triggers that, triggers that. There were some moves going on when you you would do five or six moves before it would even. That's just off one set of dice. And then you do the same thing again. Oh God, yeah, it was right. so satisfying. Like you, you don't right. get that in space base. Um, sorry, Steve. You're hurting me. It, it was hurting me too because you know how much I love the game too. Um, yeah. It's in my top ten, and it was just super fun. So I'm going to bring it if I go Tuesday night to the Aspie Tavern. I will be bringing it, and I can teach it. Um, God, it was good. Such such a good game. Recommend it. Hmm. Buy it. Kill space base off, it, but you know it's a different theme, right? You can, if you want to go into space, you can play space well, base. But if you want to 
have some just full combo-tastic moves, Bad Company is brilliant. Just a brilliant game. I have been very keen to play it because I've I've heard a lot about how it's better than Space Base and, like, Space Base was my Machi Koro killer. Like, I, I had Machi Koro and I got Space Base and I was just – I never played Machi Koro for ages and ended up selling it because – why would I ever play that when I could pull Space Base off the shelf? I find it hard to believe there'd be a game that would make me do that to Space Base, but hey, look, I'm if if there is, I'm just happy to know that there's a better game out there. So I won't I won't sell Space Base because if I want to play a space themed game, plus yeah. I want to tr- I want to you know I want to get that in you know that total end game in Space Base. So I need to actually do that once, where you know that you roll the the four or five twelves in a win row. twenty win, yeah win yeah, ca- the win yeah, card the win card right. I need yeah. to get that win card out and then I, then I'll sell it. It's like Friday. Like I'll keep, I kept Friday until, you know what, I've now broken Friday. I can win Friday every time now. So Friday is now going up for sale. Um, So I won't ever sell Space Base until I either do the win card first. Mm. But it's good to keep just if you want a space game to play and have that same type of theme. However, Bad Company takes that theme just to that next level. It is cool. So um, cool. Just just on that whole like different theme thing, a bit, a bit of a side um, jump here. Helen, you've never played Dwellings of Elevale yet, have you? Oh, you have. I what played it with Dave once. I loved it. Yeah, I right. So, but so I, I, just, I, I just was with my friends yesterday and I I meant, was mentioning to them we really need to play Dwellings and I'm like, meh. So they'd played it and didn't love it. So it's interesting. They didn't hate well, it. They were just like, it didn't rock their world. But I yeah, thought it was great. That sounds um, like you just need new friends. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going to say, right, the four of us, we all love dwellings. We did. And then Andromeda's Edge was just on Kickstarter not long ago. And all, all by all accounts, it's like a slightly better version because they've made a few little um, changes and differences. But I didn't end up backing it just because I don't love space as a theme. And... I, and, and and almost like jokingly what I just said then about Space Base, I also didn't back it because I'm like, you can't take my dwellings away from me. Like dwellings is amazing. <laughs> is that is that a real reason to not want to play a better game? What I find interesting is how brutal you guys are with your games. Like there's none of this. So I don't, you know, I buy games, I'll keep them forever because I figure, you know, there's not just my time of playing games but also my kids will grow up and go through their different zones and Hmm. I would want to have that game for them to play to enjoy as much as I had so yeah I find it interesting how you guys are so cutthroat you're just like no done go away I don't need you anymore it gets to the point you're like either I don't buy any more games or I buy new shelves and and past that I have to either knock down walls (laughs) or or take over other rooms in my house I better sell some games here When I moved to Emerald, I sold 70, oh, 69 games. I didn't wow. quite get to 70. Specifically 69? I, I, yeah, well, I just remember. I, I counted up and I, you know, I remembered 69, believe it or not. Um, and, then, um, and that got my count down to 200, just under 200. Wow. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, like I think I had too many games. That's the, yeah, that's the reality of it at that point. For oh, me, well, my yeah. kids have too many toys, so I figure, you know. <laughs> You're entitled. Yeah, fair. But I'm they with you, Steve. Up, but I'll just take it over. Yeah. I'm with you, Steve. I didn't back Andromeda's Edge either. Yeah. And I was like, I can't get rid of Dwellings. I just couldn't couldn't it's, add uh, yeah. something else to it that could take it away from Dwellings because I love Dwellings so much. Well, I'm um, the same, but the reason I didn't back it is because Joe couldn't get any discount on the group. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so like, nah. 
but before, I, but before I do move on from bad company, there's one really cool mechanism I didn't because you know in in space space where you um, you buy a card, replace the card, tuck the card, right? In bad company, you're actually building on top of a card, so you'll buy another crew member. So you'll pick up three crew and you choose one. And then that card goes on top of the other card. So whenever you roll a seven, for example, you trigger the ability twice. But what happens is when you put the, the new crew member on top, it's kind of like they matches their, matches their waist. So you end up building this really tall person. Uh, all right. Okay. As it keeps going, they get taller and taller because their legs just keep growing. It's, it's really so the cool. Ben- what, the benefits sit underneath. Sit underneath, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, it sits underneath their waist. So, you know, you'll trigger, um, you know, you might get all these different types of heist gear that you need um, every time you roll a seven, for example. So uh, one of the players had five people stacked on seven. So every time anyone was rolling a seven, um, she was yeah, just going, yeah, you beauty, I'm, I'm grabbing all that stuff. So anyway, Speak. bad company. Just before we move on, speaking of really good combos, we played a game of Red Rising last night and um, one of the players, because I don't know if you guys know, but in Red Rising you can have seven cards and any extra cards you get, they, you have to spend, it costs you 10 points for every card you have over your seven. But this person had the most amazing combo cards and so they were able to, one of their combo, one of their cards allowed them at the end of the game to pick up every discarded um, spe- these three specific characters and all reds from the discard pile and there were like 30 cards in the discard pile because they just kept shoving them. Uh, so they ended up with 17 cards. Holy moly. To, co- like, to get points from at the end of the game. So they ended up with a score. I think it was, um, I want to say it was like 424 because after the 100 holy points sh- they lost for the extra 10 cards. It was just yeah, crazy. Right. And we're going through the game. And I'm like, I don't even know why we're playing at this point <laughs> because we That's had no chance crazy. of winning as we just watched him get more and more. And there were a few cards out that were like, you know, if you've got more than the person next to you, draw two and then pass this card along. And they got two of those as well. It's just like, it was insane. I've never seen such high card counts for a game. No one had less than seven. That um, eerily reminds me of another Stonemaier game, uh, which is Scythe. There's um there's an encounter that you can draw in scythe that puts, wheat. puts all of the wheat on that yeah. is remaining in the in the supply on one hex on the board. Yeah. Um, and if that gets drawn and you're already on that hex, then you own all the wheat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you become a massive target for yeah. the rest of the game. Yeah. But like we had it happen as the first encounter. Um yep. so like it was somewhat it was just like the game turned into we all want that space and it was just ridiculous. It was, it's yeah. And like you would never think that that would work in a game because you think that I could blow it out and make it, um, you know, unbalanced or whatever else. But I I guess maybe it does in Red Rising, but it's just so funny that you've talked about that, like this crazy ability that can give you all of this stuff. And there's another Stonemaier game that has a similar. It's hilarious, but I've, I've seen the same thing. Um, it was the second encounter that came out, and so it was right next to the tunnel outside of the little island that you started on. Yeah. yeah. And it was just everybody went immediately there. So, like, you would spend a turn, you'd do your, your bottom action with your wheat, someone would come and kill you, then they'd do an action with the wheat, <laughs> and someone would come and kill them, and they'd spend some more of it. The community wheat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
it's such With a weird game. Thrown in. Yeah. P.S. The honey pot's not weak. Just saying. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Weirdly, talk about it because I, I, mean, I play a lot of um, tapestry on BGA, and there's a lot of tapestry like math heads, like people that math hammer it out and optimize the perfect game for that. And so you can get phenomenally high scores on tapestry, like 400 yeah. plus. Just from from a base game of tapestry, like my average score is something like 150, and you're playing a yeah, you're playing a a competitive game. You might get like two eight, two hundred if you're really pushing it. You really have a good game, but then all of a sudden someone will come out with like a 480 point game. Mm. What? How did you do that? And it's just random combo plus random combo plus broken mechanic means they get 11 civilizations. And each one yeah. gives them 50 points or something like that. Yeah, well, wow. I remember. I remember not long after it came on BGA, there was someone who was like, "BGA, the BGA mod's broken. And they're like, why is it broken? It's like, I was supposed to have 10 civilization, but it wouldn't let me get more than nine. Yeah. And I'm just going, hold, yeah. hold on, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Taking a few steps back. I've had two civilizations at once before. I, I don't know how I could handle more than two at once, just quietly. I wouldn't look for a third if I had two. Yeah. No, it's just the, there's a way to do it where you trigger a thing and it, it doubles a square. And when you're on that square, you get another civilization and then you get a tech and it lets you take another action, which lets you take the double square and you get mm. another two. Like You mean civilization is in the maps? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but. No, no, not, not the maps. The, not the, the map. The actual, yeah, the, the actual, like. um The people, oh, like, like the architects or the, yeah, uh, right, right. the builders yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Where do you put them just on top of the last just, one? No, just no, next to them. keep them all. They all oh, yeah. really? Yeah. I've never had that. Well, yeah. it's the top of the warfare track is you mm. get one. So there's right. also and a te- I think you can get te- one card. with a te- Yeah, yeah. Yep. Right. And then you can take the action that lets you duplicate spots, and you can take the tech that let you duplicate tech. And, and that's um, the small part of luck that comes into it, right? You could do one of those things, but to get a combination of enough of them to be having 10 cards is insane. Uh, yeah. And, I and once now, played. I, sorry. sorry, I just wanted to say before we move on um, to Peter Hawes. Yes, Dave did say math. <laughs> yeah, math hammer. <laughs> yeah. We're I, um, banging on Peter. Love you, on, Peter. Um, on tapestry, I, 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 you'd have to ask Sean Cody. Um, we played a game once, and he had this combo that, like, I wish I could remember how it went. I think I, I could probably look up in our chat because I literally narrated how it went because it was unbelievable like his turn went for about 12 minutes um and he and and like it was so funny you could see it all happening in his brain like he's like hang on so if i do this then that lets me move over there which then does this which makes me go back here and then if i'd play that there then that'll push me back up here so i can do this again and 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 he's like so so what happens now like because i've done that does that also mean i can and i'm like yeah i'm pretty sure that's what it means and we've like got the rule book out where everyone's looking at it and just by the end we all just sat back and went holy shit just like just applaud oh my god (laughs) and i was just and i don't know like and i don't mean this to discredit sean but i honestly don't think he knew what he had done until he started going through those steps like obviously he was building towards a combo but I don't think even he realized how big this combo was. It just kept going and going and going. And I just, you, like, it's those moments where you sit back and you go, I didn't know this game could do that. Like, didn't know and that I was a thing. Whether that's a, like a thing that Jamie does on purpose. He, like, puts these little Easter egg mega combos in his games. Yeah. Or whether he play tests and goes, nah, that'll never come up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I was chatting to Sean the other day, and I said that he should um, he should come on and host an episode. So I'll, I'll have to yeah, uh, I'll have to bring on. that up if he uh, if he gets on. So yeah, yeah, I'll bring him in for sure. Love tapestry. And yeah, Jamie, cool. if you're listening, you're always invited too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll talk about another game I've been playing. I played a lot of. I played like seven or eight games in a row. I think I shared it in our chat, um, which is Planet Unknown. Um, have any of you guys played Planet Unknown? No. So I got the Kickstarter or the big fancy version. And to be honest, it kind of pissed me off because there's no cover on the Lazy Susan. So unless you place it on your shelf horizontally, the pieces go everywhere, which is annoying, you know. But anyway, once you get past that, um, it's this. I played the first time I played it. I, I I played it with my parents, and I love my parents, but they just have a negative effect on a game, you know. Like I rarely play, rarely play a game with my parents, and it's a super enjoyable time because my dad um, and they don't listen to the show, so I can say what I like. Um, <laughs> but my, my dad is like he, he's like you were at um, on Mars, Helen. He'll come in halfway through and go, oh, "I'll just pick it up as I go along," but he won't. Like that's where he changes from you. He won't pick it up, but he'll believe that he's picked it up, and then he'll start critiquing what Mum does. Sounds like me, who's listened to the rules and understands how to play, and then he starts telling her about all the things she's doing wrong, even though she's not doing anything wrong. Um, so it's it's always it's always a treat. Um, but for some reason I keep signing up for it. But anyway, we, we played Planet Unknown and it was okay. And I remember just going, ah, oh, it's a fine game. And I pulled it out uh, a couple of weeks ago and I just played a couple of games with Raf. And far out, that's a good game. It's like, it's my favorite polyomino placement game, like solely polyomino placement. Like it's, it's not, not Feast for Odin, but it's, um, it's really, really clever with how, how it does it. So similar to your space bases and whatever else, there's never a turn where you're not doing anything because there's this lazy Susan that's got these six areas in it. So the four of us are playing around. We all choose which wedge is our wedge. And then when it's your turn, you get to move it around. So you get to choose whichever tile you want. But wherever everyone else's wedge is placing, they get to take a tile from one of the two spots that it's facing. So you always get a tile. You always get to place something. And every time you place something, it has two separate tracks that you get to move up. So if you're like me and you love tracks in games, like it's, you've got to move up on two tracks and then those tracks will trigger other things. And, and, you know, if you go up the tech track far enough, suddenly you get better advantages that other people don't get. And you get the Rover that goes around and cleans up the planet, gets rid of asteroids, or what do they call meteorites or uh, whatever else. So there's, there's a lot happening with just this simple polyomino placement game. And we played it. And then we, we played it, we finished it, we played it again, we finished it, we played it again, we played it again. And I'm like, I looked at the box and it said it goes for 70 to 90 minutes. No way. It's like a 25 minute game. I don't, I, I literally went back and read the rules again because I thought maybe we've done something wrong here because it's, it's, and, and even at six players, it would still be a 20 to 25 minute game because everyone's taking a turn every turn. Like there's no downtime. So I, I was I was almost perplexed, like I'd done something wrong. But it's just such a solid game, and it's over like it's pretty quick. There's loads of variability. Like we played the first four times we played, we just used they have like a basic a basic planet and a basic faction. But on, on the back of every planet is a is a variable um, planet, and on the back of every faction is a variable faction. 
and we mucked around with a few of the combos of those and it was just insane. It was like, it has a lot of depth for what is essentially a simple polyomino placement game. It was like Baron Park with tracks and variability, like, but more, much more interesting, I think. I like Baron Park, don't get me wrong, but this was a much more interesting game. So, yeah, I, I'm blown away by it. I thought it was really good. I've seen it being played before, and it does look impressive on the table. Um, yeah, with that with that lazy Susan going around, um, and, and I think because I, I think I was booked to actually play the game with the group that came along to a game night one night, but then I, I got taken away to teach some other games. So um, mm. I'm looking forward. to I, I want to play it. So yeah. Um, well, that gives me an idea, and I think it's a topic for now because we can sort of talk about it and then maybe come back and talk about it as a future topic, and we didn't really have a topic for tonight's episode. So, Great. topic for tonight's episode. What's a, ga- <laughs> what's a game that you want to play in the next month that you maybe don't own or you've never played and you really want to get out? So, and why? So, I like it. Shane, could be Planet, Planet Unknown or if you've got another one, but what's a game in the next month, let's say before BrizCon, that you want to try and get on the table? I have one. Go, Helen. Viticulture. Ah, uh, mm. yes. Yep. So I yes. borrowed it from yep. you. Yep. <laughs> have you played um, that one? I have played that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I might take it away for Easter. Um, no. I don't have any cool coins in there, though. No, that's okay. I, I looked I into do. it. I can if lend I you some. Like, well, if I like it, I've looked already looked on Stonemire. It's going to cost me cool. like 264 or something dollars to get it all. Um, but there's a wine, there's like a wine barrel crate you can get as well to put it yeah. all in. I'm like, yeah. hmm, interesting. I, I've actually got Australian five cents, two cents and one cent coins that I use for viticulture. So oh, if you do want, you? I can nice. give them to Dave um, for you for Easter weekend for you to use them. I did ask last night if we could play it, but nobody, that the two people, they hadn't really played it before. Two people had played it once, and it's like we weren't going to learn a new game, which is why we replayed Libertalia. But um, but yeah, so Viticulture, I really want to learn it. So. It's such a great game. It's it's like right on the cut. It didn't make the, our top ten or thirteen or whatever we did, but far out, that's a good game. See, I I played it once, and and it was maybe the timing and maybe the the group. So we're all sort of a little tipsy, and we thought, oh, we'll play a wine theme game. So we learned it from the rule book. Just didn't land. I don't know. I didn't enjoy it all that much. It, was, it seemed fairly bland worker placement for me. Yeah, look, I think, uh, and and I quite like this standard edition. I I don't have a problem with that. But there is no doubt that if you do like it, Helen, yeah, the very next purchase you need to make is Tuscany, because uh, yeah. Tuscany makes it a four season game. So in normal video culture, you've just got you got four seasons, but um, I think is it. Uh, spring is basically choosing the player order. Then you've got summer. Then you've got autumn, which is so summer stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And then in autumn, you're just drawing cards. And then winter is the stuff happens, right? Yeah. In, in in the Tuscany version, stuff happens in all four seasons and it's a bit more in depth. There's a bit more going on. Um, but still, I think base viticulture is awesome. But there's no doubt viticulture with Tuscany is it's, awesome. It's, yeah, the viticulture essential edition is what yeah. you want to get. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what, yeah, so Dave's got... It's the Essential Edition, but it doesn't have Tuscany in it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you need to get Tuscany Essential Edition after that, if you like. Yes. Um, and you'll you'll go, it'll go from like a, 
an eight to a ten in my right. eyes. Yeah, 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 agree. Yeah, it's well, yeah. I'm really curious because obviously, you know, I'm a massive fan. Um, my friends knew I'd like Libertalian. I really did. I obviously like Wingspan. Um, Tapestry is my favorite. So I'm excited to give it a go and find out, you know, if it has a place. What would you say it's similar to? Um, did you say you'd played, you said you played, um, or was it Dave that was talking about Lords of Waterdeep earlier? Dave. No, it was me. Yeah, it was me. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it, 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 Dave's right. It's it's not, it's it's pretty basic worker placement. Um, what I love about the game is that even though it is quite like, basically there's all these spots on the board, depending on how many players, there'll either be one, two or three spots open on each action, whether you're playing with a two, four or six players or you know, whatever else, it does get super tight because there are certainly definitely places that you all want to be going. Um, it's essentially just a massive efficiency puzzle. You're all trying to do the same thing. You're all trying to make wines and sell them. Um, so basically you, what you do in the first season, you'll, um, you'll get your, you'll, get your crops, you'll, you'll get your crops sorted. You'll, you'll, You'll put them in your fields and then um, you might do a wine tour to try and get some money or something like yeah. that. And then you go into the next phase and then you'll start um, harvesting your crops and then maybe you want to um, uh, bottle bottle your um, – I can't know, it's not bottling. What is it? It's um, make into wine. It's just called make into wine step or um yeah and that's basically it's pretty much the, the game or you, or you up or you, you your crop ages as well so you you'll yeah, so, your little clear cell yeah. up so at the end of every year everything gets better and like but you but you, know, you can only get to a certain point until you upgrade your wine cellar and like yeah. the, so there's there's a few little things that like a little stops like you can't you run out of money real quick early on so you've got to be doing something to gain money and um it becomes it's, it's 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 like it's one of those great games almost like I don't want to say Dominion because it's a lot of people say, oh, it's like Dominion, but it's um, that idea that money is super important and hard to get early. And then there comes a time when you're getting so much money that it doesn't matter anymore. Like that money is useless to you for the rest of the game. Um, How many rounds is it played over? It's played until someone, the base game is played until someone gets to 20 points or more. Points, and then yeah. you finish that, finish that year out. Yep. Um, and then I think uh, Tuscany goes to 25. Yep. And, 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 I used to think it was a downside. The thing I love about that game is that everyone's working to get their engine just right. And then you've only really got one yeah. year that you get the benefit of that it. engine because someone will go to 20 and yeah. you'll be like, uh, so many times like, I just want to play another round because everything's working, you know, everything's yeah, yeah. pumping, but then it just ends. Um, and actually, weirdly, I like that. I think that's kind of cool because you've really got to pay attention to where other people are at and what they've got going on in their fields and, yeah, it's, it's, but in the end, it's basic worker placement. Yeah, and similar to like a little bit similar to Architects of the West Kingdom, you know, where you've, you've got certain spots where you can go to, to get actions. But then you, have we spoken about the big worker? Did you talk about the Grande? Yeah. Grande so, worker? Yeah. So these spots are, are, are very much like if you're there, no one else can go there unless, unless there's a spare spot left over. But the Grande, which everyone has, they can go on any spot, whether it's been used up or not. So yeah. it's kind of like a wild um yeah so it's a very helpful thing to have in the game well, the other thing that's great too is that you start in the in the summer and you finish in the winter but in the first round you've only got two workers in your grande and if you use them all up in the summer then that you're, you're done yeah like you've you've got to hold on to them to the to do those winter actions later on as well so yeah i'd have to say it's probably there's my... a fraction of on mars in there helen with the 
the worker placement with yeah. the different time periods where yeah. if you put all your lock all your workers away, you can't get them later. Can't in the get game. them later in the game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, it has to be my favorite uh, Stamai game. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it'd be my second. It'd be my second favorite. It'd be for me. It'd be Scythe, then Viticulture, then Wingspan. I'd say, and then Tapestry. And to be honest, that'd be my top four. And they're all probably in my top thirty. I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'd go. I'd go Viticulture, Scythe, Libertalia, Wingspan. I don't think Dave would. Dave would go Tapestry and no others. <laughs> Oh, tapestry, oh, no, no. Actually, Tapestry would be in there yeah. too, yeah. Put Tapestry up, just the amount of times i played it. But then Scythe's good and Wingspan's good and, and Red Rising, I don't mind. I haven't played enough Libertalia or at all. So, yeah, yeah, can't make a good call. But, you know, I, mean, I don't mind Stonewire. Like, I like the quality of the games. I like the effort that's put into them and I like how clean they are. But Viticulture, for me, it's a good worker placement game. I could see the appeal. I didn't enjoy it when I played it. No, mm. look, none of them are overly difficult, right? They're easy to like. They're easy to understand, and you just—they're just an easy, fun, fun play. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They're certainly not like an on Mars where you're using your brain and you're really strategizing. Although so. I will say, I used to think I was good at viticulture until it turned up on BGA, and then I realised I was definitely not good at that game. <laughs> um. <laughs> Doesn't that do that to you a lot? Like, I think I'm pretty good at barrage. I'm not good at barrage. <laughs> <laughs> What's your game, Dave? I look, I've been looking at it for a little while because it's in my pile now that I've moved and it was covered in dust and I obviously haven't opened it for a little while. Um, Eclipse. Got a uh, copy of Eclipse uh, sitting in shrink there that I probably should play. Well, call me up. I'll come stage. around for that one. Yeah, just I don't know. Like, it's not a weeknight game. <laughs> no. it's, it's it's too much for a night. Because it needs to be a really concerted effort. One, not not a Twilight Imperium sort of six hour thing, but mm. you gotta you gotta learn it. And I have to punch it, so I've gotta like prep it as well. Yeah, seriously. That I go back to what I said a few weeks back. Like you should you should be able to pay like ten bucks more to have the game turn up punched, ready to go. Yeah. yeah. And for a game like Eclipse, I would I'd pay thirty <laughs> bucks more. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's people out there who would pay you to punch your games for you as oh, as yeah. like a yeah, I have a friend, Luke. He he loves doing that. I just wait till he comes to punch out games. So. You, you've played Eclipse before, though, haven't you? I've played, played it. You played it with me that night. Yeah, that's the night when Troy walked out. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that that night. Yes. That night. So, yeah, we played somebody else's. So after that night, I got it and have never looked at it again. Ah. Um, and the other one, it's um, it's still sitting there looking at me as well. I did um, unwrap the shrink, but corrosion. I don't know oh, if you've heard yeah. of Corrosion. Oh, yeah. It's like reverse yeah. barrage. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's just the wheels and the, the element around gaining resources. So um, it came with these metal coins and I kept misplacing the bag. So I took the shrink off and chucked the coins in the box. Um, the little metal cogs and that, that cool pieces. But yeah, I really want to give that a go. And I just haven't found the time or the group to learn it mm. and then play it. So one of those two will be my, I would like to get in the next month. It's mm. exciting. Well, unfortunately, because Shane can't make it down to the Gold Coast when I'm down there, he has the two games that I want to play in the next month. <laughs> I saw him in his shopping bag. And that's um, Bad Company and Ready, Set, Bet. So I will try and find a way to get that, those games played in the next month or so. Are you are, are you both going down to the Gold Coast? The other two? Dave I'll and... probably go to the shop, yeah. Helen? Yeah. 
Oh, if I can get G money, then you know there might be the four of us. Maybe we can do a. I can. I can give you the games, and you can take them with you. Yeah, let's do that. Sounds good. Hey, look, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will find out. I, 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 this is not really podcast chat, but um, I'll, I'll, I've got to find out what day would be best with regards to the draw, and make sure it works for you guys as well. So, um, yeah, I'll find that out and let you guys know. But that would be cool as so. Yeah, yeah. Look, if I can, I will jump well, in the what... car as well and come down. But if I can't, at least I will give Dave the games to bring with him. <laughs> well, yours, but make sure you let me know. Like, I'm looking at it. Realistically, any night works um, because our la- the latest game we have is 5 p.m. and that's on Tuesday. So that would finish around 6.30, 7 o'clock. But the next morning, our first game isn't until like 9.30. So... We could quite easily stay up to all hours on that on that night, um, you know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we'd be able to make it work on any night, anyway. Yeah, well, you know, it's just work for me. But I mean, I could pick up Ellen on the way past, and she's halfway the Gold Coast anyway. Yeah, right. We could get there for like seven ish and knock out a quick game or two, leave at like eleven, get back at bit after midnight. Absolutely, I'm game. Ready, set, bet is a brilliant game. Just oh, saying. Just... I've seen so much about it, but I don't even know how it works. I just, I'm still, well, I just want to play it. It's There's an app. You run it on the app. Hang on, I'm just bringing it up so you can see it. So sorry for everyone that doesn't have uh, vision. Which is That's, everyone. Which is everyone. Not recording it. <laughs> but you, you are literally playing off an app. Okay. You can either you can either be the person that's rolling the dice and you there's your, your horses. They're ready to go. Yep. And... Are we just betting on horses? You're just betting on all these different types of bets that are going on. And um, so you're betting on first place, second place, and third place. So they, they go first. Uh, so so win, place, and show, it's called. And But then you've got all these other side bets that you can do um, throughout the game. You've got game-breaking rules as well that you can hold cards. Um, and you just you just – it's mayhem. And so you're just placing your chips down to, to, to place your bets. And um, uh, it's played over four rounds. I know I'm talking about another game we've just played, but I've played it. I taught it two weeks ago, Tuesday night at Aspley. We played two round, uh, two games, nine players. So you can imagine yeah, right. the mayhem that was going on. We actually put ourselves out of the standard room that we play at Aspley because we were knew we were going to be loud. And everyone's cheering on horses, like really loud cheering. And, and people um, come over thinking it was a TAB, like you were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people, people were coming and just looking at it and go, "What are these guys playing?" It was, and you know, we've got this whole betting sheet set up on the table, and oh, we're throwing nice. down chips. What's even worse is you're about to place a chip down on a horse, and someone else jumps in and puts it down first. So no, unless you've got the one card that's in the game where it allows you to place a chip on someone else's chip. Oh, it's got to be unique. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've only got, you, you know, first down gets that bet. And, uh, God, it was fun with nine players with full player count. So I, I did the first race as the race caller. So I'm the one rolling all the dice and moving all the horses. And then the second race I showed the app so everyone could see how the app works. God, it was good fun. And then on Wednesday night, so after I played Bad Company, we had a six-player group just wandering around. I said, how about we set up Ready, Set, Bet? quickly set it all up and you know we had a crowd of people watching everyone's cheering on horses again yeah, it's just good mm. good party game leave your brain at the door just have fun sounds good so well, what's yours it. then shane so while i'm talking uh cloud spire 
I'm yet to play Cloud Spy. I've got it sitting on the shelf. Um, and uh, so over the next month, I want to – I don't want to play it solo, though. I actually want to play it with some people. Um, Get G-Money if you can. He he loves it. He played does he? of it. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll get G to come around one night. And um, and so over the next month, I definitely want to play Clouds Fire. Um, uh, and maybe if I'm going to play a solo game, uh, Batman Solitaire, the Batman Solitaire game that I bought. Uh, okay. So I've got the full Kickstarter bling uh, with all the bat dice and everything. It's a real campaign type of game, little minis. Um, I want to get that to the table as well the next month. All right. I think that that's a pretty good way to end the show there, right, hey? Yeah. That. So we can come back and talk about those in a couple of episodes, see how we went. Yeah, yeah for sure. absolutely. All right. Well, um, play, play them together probably. <laughs> uh, most of me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll definitely be bringing Planet Unknown down. I know that was no one's choice, but I'll definitely be bringing that down uh, to the Gold Coast because it's an easy game to get to the table with people. So... Um, even if it's just me and my son. So, um, do you know that anyway. game literally looks like two games that I played recently, which was, um, sorry, just very quickly, Steam yeah. Up, which okay. is like your oh, little, that's the, like yeah, the yeah. Steam, you got yeah, the Steamers, the Sushi Time yeah. yeah. game, yeah. and num- number nine, which again looks like Tetris pieces. Everybody mm, gets yeah. a, to pick a piece every time, and you've got to stack them on top of each other, and you only get points for every layer above the bottom layer. But you can't. You can. You have to place over two other numbers, and you have to. And there has to be no gaps. And then you just play yeah. the numbers. You just played every number from zero to nine twice, based off when the card gets dealt. Is what, what order you place them in? It's just yeah, a right. really quick, like, ten minute game. But yeah. it, it's good. But yeah, it's funny because I looked at I looked up Planet Unknown. And I'm like, oh, this literally looks like these two games I've just recently played. <laughs> just doing together. Put together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, thank you, folks. It's been a while. Um, in fact, we just discussed uh, with uh, Helen while we're waiting for you guys to join in that the last time I was on Discord was when I sent Shane the link for the last show, which was on the 11th of February. So it's been a while. <laughs> no, <laughs> it hasn't been that long. No, it has. I'm pretty 11th sure. 11th of February. No. It's been a month. No. Yeah. Well, look at you. Know, we had Joe on there. I'm gonna, oh, we we do know. have our own work lives as well and uh yeah um, it's, it's it's that's what's caught up with us i think with all of us you know we've all had something coming yeah, on in our work a, life that's really been a crazy month yeah. it's been a crazy so um and look you know honestly i needed tonight i needed to sit down and talk to you guys it was yeah. so i'm glad i even lauren said you need your podcast tonight i said oh yeah i do <laughs> that's <laughs> a different response that i get i get i gotta do my podcast now and and i get oh is that on tonight we were going to do X, Y, or Z. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, that's so good. But no, it's, it, I was going to say it's been a while, but it's been awesome. It's, uh, yeah, you know, no, it's the, fifth, the 5th of March we did the one. 5th of March. Okay. So that's yeah. three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. All right. Apologies. I'm like, I'm like seven weeks. Yeah, but was Steve on that one? <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't think I've missed one yet. Shane wasn't, no. Alan. The other Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Look, one of you needs to change your name. Let's just. Put it away. All right, Shane. I'll change my name to Shane. Okay. Yeah. You can be the you can be the fifth Shane in the group. You won't get yeah. you won't get confused that way. One of you will answer. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening. If you have been listening, um, it was nice just to talk about games and really not have a 
topic, although I really like how you finished that one off, Dave. So uh, thanks again, everyone, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you.